Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study. Today we're in chapter 8 and I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you're watching this whenever you're watching it through whatever avenue you're watching it. And I'm just thankful to be able to have God's Word here and to be able to share in what He has said with you. And in all reality today, or however I need to say this, we teach sound doctrine. That which God gave the men, He gave the Word of God, especially the Apostle Paul, that He gave so much to as far as revelation concerning how we live, first of all, how to be saved, how to live saved, and how to function as the body of Christ, as the church, in sound doctrine. The Bible says that in the last days, many will turn away. They won't endure sound doctrine anymore. They will go after all feelings and, and all sorts of things. But they, And they will, the Bible says there in that same scripture, they will turn their ears away from the truth. And I know there is a remnant in the earth today who are not chasing after anything but the Lord himself and are realizing he's found only through sound doctrine. So praise God. Today is a great day, October the 24th, 2019. Guess what today is? The day of determined camp meeting tonight. The service begins at 6 o'clock with Pastor Ross Kibido. Going to be bringing the word, the first service in our 2019 determined all-in camp meeting. Thirteen ministers will be here uh, beginning tonight through Sunday ministering. There's about three different times we'll have uh, uh, a service going on in the studio and one in the sanctuary. Let me run through it real quick. If you've got a pencil, paper, write it down. But tonight, Pastor Ross Kibido at 6 p.m., tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m., Pastor Felix Almanza at 10 a.m., uh, Pastor Tommy Wiedelman, and 2 p.m. tomorrow is Pastor Luke Pogue, and then at the same time, 2 p.m., we've got Pastor Lindsey Bass, and then tomorrow night at 6 p.m. is Pastor Colton Hill, and Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m., Pastor Mark Gowire, also at 8.30 a.m., Pastor Don Ragsdale. At 10 a.m., Pastor Clint Bass. And at 2 p.m., Andrew Hutchinson and Roel Rodriguez, both of these men, Pastor Roel and we'll call Andrew Jr. Pastor, uh, will be ministering at 2 p.m. And then 6 p.m. Saturday evening will be Pastor Wayne Voss. And to close us out this year will be Pastor Scotty Williams at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. So, you can see a copy of that on the website if you didn't get it all, which is at thecrosswaychurch.com. This is one amazing camp meeting that we have had six years in a row. This is a group of ministers, and there are others that preach Christ and Him crucified. Not and the full counsel of God, but as the full counsel of God. And I'm very thankful to be locked arms with these men and women who have, by the Spirit of God, just like the Apostle Paul was, brought to a place 
of determination to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. Literally, nothing other. What does that mean? That means every word in the Bible has to be attached to Jesus Christ and Him crucified for every word is in that context and points to that. And the Holy Spirit will reveal that truth to you so that he can lead you in that truth, remind you of that truth, hallelujah, and give you the liberty and all the provisions of God's grace that you'll ever need in that truth. And so we're excited about this camp meeting. Again, it's our sixth year in a row to hold these meetings. We've we've seen some come and some go, but thank God we're here still, still here marching on in this great triumphant march where the Lord always leads us to triumph. That means he leads us to Calvary, for there alone was that triumph obtained for you and me. And there alone can we experience that triumph daily that we need. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, here we are, Romans chapter 8 this morning, and I am going to back up like I like to do and scratch our feet and then take off again, but we'll start in verse 12, and we'll roll through this morning for three or four scriptures, for we'll, uh, hopefully, the Lord will give us that daily bread we need, that wisdom, that strength, encouragement of what we need today is the presence of the Lord. What we need today is the word of the Lord. Because that's what we live by, my friends. We don't live by feelings. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I hope that we can hear the Lord today, for he is speaking to his people. Verse 12, Romans chapter 8. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything. To live after the flesh. Watch this now, verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. <coughs> now, let's stop there for a moment. Talk about a couple things. Number one, when we see the word F-O-R at the beginning of a verse... That means what God has just previously stated through the Apostle Paul, he's about to intensify it. He's about to go deeper in his expounding on it. So let's do that again in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, because if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So, and you see the verse 15, verse 18, 19, uh, uh, verse uh, 13, 14, 15, they all start with the word for. That means each time you see that, it, what he's talking about is intensifying, is showing you a bigger picture than a bigger picture. He's wanting you to see this, of course. That's the way, he, that, that's the way he's able to lead us by showing us a picture of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as he ministers the truth to us. There's always a picture of God's righteousness in Christ portrayed if truth is being revealed. I want you to hear that. It's the righteousness of God in Christ that's being revealed when the truth is spoken. Proverbs 12, 17 reveals that. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Think about that. But a deceitful witness 
portray something else. Let's look at that this morning. Proverbs 12, 17. Let's look at it. He that speaks truth, there's a picture to be seen when truth is being spoken, shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. What is deceit? Let's just use an example. When someone is using God's word like I did for several years, outside of its righteous context, outside of the portrayal of the righteousness of God in Christ through faith in the work of Christ at Calvary, when I'm holding God's truth in an unrighteous manner, I'm holding it now and I'm using it deceitfully and I'm a false witness. A false witness, deceit. That means I'm trying to get you to see something I want you to see outside of what God wants you to see. God wants you to see the righteousness of God in Christ, the righteousness of God which is by the faith of Christ when he's ministering to you. Very important you, you write that down and you remember that. That's why ministers aren't called to try to paint a picture of something. We're called to preach the gospel, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed. Hallelujah. See, and that confirms that the truth is the gospel. Because it's only the truth and it's only the gospel that reveal the righteousness of God. And we have to not just have that initially to be made the righteousness of God through faith in Christ and his work at Calvary, but daily we must deny ourselves of anything that would hinder us taking up our cross, which is faith in Christ's work and his cross, and following him that the fruits of his righteousness may be seen. Remember, outside of that, anything contrary to that is someone who's leading you away from sound doctrine. Don't go. Because all it is, is, a, is, and you can't blame them 10 years down the road when you, when you finally, the Lord finally wakes us up and realizes we, we we've been carried away. But they didn't put us over their shoulder and carry us away. No, we followed them of our own will through the lust of our own flesh, what they were after. But listen, we don't owe the flesh anything. Think about that. If, if verse, verse 13, because if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Now think of this. Does this sound familiar? Now this is new covenant. And even before the first covenant was cut, which I, I call the covenant of the law of Moses and all that, there was still something way before that. When God created Adam in his own image, formed him of the dust of the ground and breathed into his his nostrils and he became a living soul and all was good. There was no sin present. It was all good. But God gave the promise, Adam, you are free to eat of all the trees in the Garden of Eden except that one over there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that tree for there's that word. For, here comes intensity. Get this, Adam. Because in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. And Adam did eat of that tree. Adam did disobey God. Adam did fall away. Adam did die. In almost all commentaries that you read concerning this in Romans 8, they talk about if you, this is ministers now, and, and, and I understand 
that until the last little over 20 years, sanctification has just been really unheard of. It's, it, it's not been there. It's, it's not been taught. And if it has, it's been out somewhere in the woods and, and there wasn't a platform to, to get it out to the world like the technology we have access to today. It's never before has there been ministers like today who are beginning to preach the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit through exclusive faith in Christ and Him crucified, and the naysayers and and the and and the vain talkers, their mouths are being shut. No, there's still millions of them, but there's been many whose mouths have been shut. I'm one of them. Hallelujah. I got away from false doctrine, I mean, from sound doctrine for years. And if you're not in sound doctrine, you're in unsound doctrine. That means you're in false doctrine. Think about it. But their mouths are being shut because sanctification now is being taught that even as you live for God in victory cannot happen outside of exclusive faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. If, if my, listen, let's get this this morning. I, this, is, this is a matter of life and death. We wouldn't need to be told these things under the new covenant if they couldn't happen. If you live after the flesh, that means when you move your faith from Christ and his work at Calvary to some three-step plan, some walk of Emmaus, some uh, wearing a prayer shawl, so anything you're doing for victory is a spit in the face of Christ and what he did for your complete victory. For Colossians 2 and 10 says you are complete in him, and you were placed in him, immersed in him by the Holy Spirit upon your faith in his death for you. Romans 6 3 bears that out. And most commentaries here that you read, almost all of them, not all, but almost all, will talk about physical death. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die physically. Something bad's going to happen to you. And you know what? That happens. The farther you live out in the flesh, the worse things can be. But the moment you move your faith from the work of Christ at Calvary to some one, two, or three-step plan to keep you from going back to where you were or to get you out of where you are that you don't need to be, all that's trusting in something other than the work of Christ at Calvary. And hear me today. Listen very carefully. God provided one answer from before the foundation of the world. He's not provided two answers. One, it remains the same. That is sound, unmovable doctrine. And you and I are either going to cling to that or we're going to be led away through the lust of our own flesh. In the subconscious minds, we're th still thinking that I owe my flesh something. I owe it to myself. But we don't owe the flesh anything. Now watch this. It's Christ and Him crucified. If we put another and after that, we become double-minded. We become unstable in all our ways. We become those who are venturing away from sound doctrine. Christ and Him crucified. No more ands. No more, no commas, no ands, no buts. Christ and Him crucified. When I put another and after that, 
I become double-minded, no longer single-minded. Single-minded is Christ and Him crucified. Double-minded is Christ and Him crucified and anybody who's got a second and in their doctrine is a seducing doctrine that is not sound. It makes the people of God it causes us to be unstable in all our ways, double-minded. And James wrote that if that's our condition, we can't expect to receive anything of the Lord. Think about that. We need to teach this. We need to preach this. We're just going to keep teaching sound doctrine. And you know what? All the charismania and all the, the, the false Pentecost, and I'm not talking about tongues and the gifts of the Spirit because that's New Testament. That's for all Christians today. I'm talking about the false. I'm talking about those that don't want to hear sound doctrine. They just want a touch. They just want feelings. They just want to swing from the chandeliers. And I'm not one of those preachers that says, well, that's God too, but they're just not walking in the truth. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Your faith is in Christ and Him crucified alone, or you're living after the flesh. You're walking after the flesh. And just like Jesus through John the Apostle told the church in Sardis in Revelations 3, 1 through 6, you have a name that you're alive. Man, you're swinging on the chandeliers. You got some of the most awesome praise and worship going on. You got activities, events, programs, conferences, my Lord. You got the biggest neon sign out there. But Jesus said, you know what, guys? You're dead. You're dead. And listen, he told them, you better repent and get back to the place you can hear and receive. They weren't even hearing from the Lord anymore. They weren't receiving from the Lord anymore. Why? Because they were dead. What does that mean? They were living after the flesh. It doesn't mean they were getting drunk in church. It means they were trusting in something other exclusively than Christ and Him crucified. Because when we move from Christ and Him crucified and anything else, we become unstable, we become double-minded, and we are walking after the flesh. It doesn't matter how much of a form of godliness we have. Without exclusive faith in the sacrifice of Christ, we do not have power. We do not have power operating in the flesh, trusting in our gifts, trusting in our anything. Trusting in our anything, which is so easily done. You can have a zeal for God. And if you don't know this message of truth, this message of sanctifying power, this message of faith in Christ and Him crucified alone, if you don't understand that, if you're not sitting under that, you're not, you're not going to know it. You're not going to function, you're, if we can't, listen, if we don't know what it means to walk after the Spirit, then we're going to be walking after the flesh. And I speak from experience. The things in the Bible that tell us we need to be doing, it's so easily and so subtle for us to be found with our faith in those things we're doing. Instead of the one object God gave us, that's Christ, His Son, and Him crucified. And that's it. That's all there is. That's all God has ever given. 
humanity as an object of faith. God doesn't give you three steps to get deliverance. So he doesn't tell you if you'll go get water baptized, you'll be saved. If you'll do this, you'll be... No, he says, if you'll believe what I did in my son at Calvary, I'll save you, I'll keep you, I'll keep flowing grace into your life. But when you stop believing that, start walking after the flesh, for walking after the flesh is everything other than trusting in Christ and his work at Calvary alone, you will die. Remember, he told the church in Sardis, you're dead. Paul said he was alive once without the law when he was born again, but when the commandment came, when he looked back and started trying to live according to the commandment, Romans 7, 9, he says the sin nature revived and he died. See, death is possible for born-again, spirit-filled Christians. Blindness is possible for born-again, spirit-filled Christians. Let me tell you something. This great reformation that we've stepped into as a church some 20-something years ago, the door has only been cracked open. But that door is opening wider and wider and wider. And the, the illumination of God's Word is only going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. The path of the just, Proverbs 4.18, shall shine more under that perfect day. It's, but it's only the path of the just, the path of the righteous that he leads us in. And as he, the Holy Spirit, ministers the truth of Christ, not denominational rules, regulations, and not denominational, uh, denominational twists on the word. Sound doctrine. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's word as truth as it relates to the one who is our truth and how he became our truth and how faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, how he became our truth, liberates us, keeps us liberated, and supplies the daily grace we need. Hallelujah. So he says here, if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. See, it's either after the flesh or through the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as we've talked about before, He only is able to legally work in your life if your faith is in that legal work Christ provided for you. And it is a legal work, Romans 8, 2, we've studied it already, for the law of the Spirit of life. The law of the Holy Spirit. The law of the Spirit of truth. The law of the Spirit of grace. The law of God the Holy Ghost. However you want to call the Holy Spirit and all the names God He works exclusively by a law. And it's this. For the law of the Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus here comes the, 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 the revelation, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Where did he make you free from the law of sin and death? At the cross. Your faith in that work alone. And that is the law through which the Holy Spirit works. Oh, you can't put God in a box. You, you can't put God in a box. But God has limited himself into the avenue through which he works. And men who don't know this, don't believe this, reject this, are double-minded men. And though they think they can expect big things, they think they can ask for big things, they can't expect to receive anything. They're not even in the faith. And, and lots today, I've been told by other church people, 
If you ever visit our church one time, you will never go back to your church. Because, see, they look at us and they see us just teaching and preaching God's Word, this sound doctrine. And recently I was in a meeting of three to 400 people, great man of God preaching. In our region, it was held great message. But very few people in that church that at that time heard the message. You know how red wasp, you ever seen a red wasp, how they get they get they get real antsy and they're ready to attack and they just start vibrating all over? That's the way these people were in that meeting. They weren't hearing the sound doctrine that was coming into the congregation. Oh, they couldn't wait to just attack that altar and have a move of God. Now, I'm not being ugly, but I am being real. There's a whole lot of folk out there who live for nothing but emotions and feelings. And if nothing's happening, they'll grab you by the head and try to make something happen. What we need is to know something. What we need is to begin again to learn sound doctrine. Thank God for the moves of God. Some people just write me, all he wants to do is teach and preach. He, he, he don't know anything about a move of God. Let me tell you something. If you don't know sound doctrine, you're absent a move of God. I'm See, I'm not one of those that say, well, there's a move. No, no, no. God either works exclusively through the perimeters of Christ and his work at Calvary, as the Bible says. I, see, I, I'm going to say that today. And tomorrow I'm not going to show up and say, well, you know, sometimes... No, no. We stick with sound doctrine. I don't care who quits giving. I don't care who quits coming. The days ahead, my pastor friends, people are going to leave you It'll be a miracle if we don't throw in the towel and get out. It's, it'll be God's keeping power that keeps anybody going. A lot of folk going to look like they're going, but they're not going to have the power. The power is seen through the sound doctrine in the lives of believers and the manifestation of it. Read 1, 2 Timothy and Titus. Sound doctrine is the only thing that gives us sound minds, sober minds, and only as we have those sober and sound minds through faith in sound doctrine, can we bear forth the fruit of Christ? Let me tell you something. There's always going to be signs and wonders, and a lot of them today are lying signs and wonders. The devil performs miracles, and they're going to get greater because the Bible says that. Most of the church, I'm talking about the spirit-filled church, so-called, We've been, we've been duped for years. Feelings and emotions are good. Praise God for them. He gave them to us. But if we start living based on those things instead of sound doctrine, what's written in God's Word in the context of the one who is the living Word and what He did to become everything to us and to be able to give us His Spirit so that through His Spirit 
we can mortify, put to death the deeds of the body. We don't have to live after the flesh anymore because Christ died and condemned the sin in the flesh so we could be without the condemnation of the flesh. And not only that, we wouldn't have to be led by the flesh, but we've been given the Spirit of God that we can be led by the Spirit of God. And basically, that's what Romans 8 is about, teaching us that we have the Spirit of God, we can be led by the Spirit of God, but also that He works according to a law. But within that law, there's life. Hallelujah. For the law of the Spirit of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Life, not just motions, not just routines, not just first, second, and last verse, and not just uh, 8 to 12, and not life. Who is Christ? For us to live is Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Watch this now. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We talked about this in the last session, how verse 14, the sons of God, verse 16, the children of God, uh, uh, verse 14 really refers to the experiential evidence that we're the sons of God because we're being led by the Spirit of God because we can be led by the Spirit of God. The lost world cannot be led by God. The Lord only leads in the paths of righteousness. And that means we must be hearing God's word as it is truth because only as it, God's word is in truth does it show forth righteousness again. Proverbs twelve seventeen and Romans 1, 16 uh, and Galatians two twenty one reveal that as we hear truth and our faith in that truth of Christ and him crucified, the word of God in that context then we can be led by the Spirit, we can walk after the Spirit and experience the Holy Spirit putting to death those things that were crucified at Calvary. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can put to death the things that have already been crucified at Calvary, Galatians 5, 24. The, the flesh was crucified at Calvary. That's why the work of Christ at Calvary remains to be the only object of faith. That's always been the only object of faith. And God's Word, because some people try to separate, well, we've got the entire Bible, and you're saying just faith in the sacrifice of Christ, but what about the whole Bible? Well, the whole Bible is the Word of the cross. Hallelujah. Jesus said the Scriptures were about Him. Amen. And if we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, by faith in what God has said, we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Christ is our life. That means our only experience of Christ, who is our life, the experience of life, to be able to lay hold on eternal life, is to, is to know God's word as it is truth in its righteous context, and then that portrait of righteousness is painted for us, and the Holy Spirit can lead us in that path. Think about that. That's powerful, isn't it? Watch this. Verse 10. Back up a few. I gotta quit. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead. The body of sin is dead because of sin. The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness because of Christ and his work at Calvary. I know you've been blessed today. Hopefully there are people listening who, though you've never heard this, 
If you're born again, your spirit bears witness with this because it is truth. It's sound doctrine. It's all about Jesus. It's all about... Now, we don't just say it's all about Jesus. We preach Jesus. We teach Jesus from the Scriptures because the Scriptures are about Him. Amen. We don't owe the flesh anything. And we don't have to live after the flesh. We can be led by the Spirit if our faith is in Christ and His work at Calvary alone. And only in that place can the things that have been tearing our marriages up, been uh, keeping me from training my children up in the way they should go, and all the things that are hindering, uh, just whatever, things just aren't right and I can't seem to break through. Your breakthrough, my friend, is the cross of Christ. That's where he took care of every single issue on your behalf. You may be saying, well, I, okay, I believe that, but I need to... Well, he's looking for your faith in what he did alone. Remember, if it's faith in Christ and what he did at crucified at the cross, Christ and him crucified, if it's, if it's that and that alone, what we're trusting in, you're going to have a move of God in your life. But if it's that... And, and means we're double-minded and we can't expect to receive anything of the Lord James wrote that. I love you. God bless you. I, I love these teachings because God is on the move again in his church. I'm telling you, God is on the move. He is teaching people, they, his people, they need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit in operation. He's teaching his people that there is a way to live in victory. There's one way to live in victory. He is calling the people out of the Golden Calf Builder Corporation today. Most of what's going on in the church is just building golden calves. And they, if you, if you read that story in Exodus, they built an altar right beside the golden calf because their mindset was, oh, we, can't, we know we can't get away from the, the altar, the cross, but we can but we can also and see the also and the ends double minded, unstable, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes through the church. God bless you, friend. I pray that you'd help us get these teachings out. I pray that you would share these on your whatever page you have to help us Get the truth, this great liberating truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified out to a lost world and a backslidden church. God bless you. Hope to see you tonight at camp meeting. Tune in. It'll be live. And we love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.